Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. In this particular episode, we are going to look at the number one key in our relationship to the Bible to actually being changed by and growing spiritually through our relationship with God's Word. But before we jump into that, random facts about John for a second. My wife and I have been married for 31 years. We have lived in the exact same house for 25 of those years. And in those 25 years, we have uh, we've put in new flooring in the living room. We've replaced the carpet a couple times in the family room. We've painted the kids' bedroom the way they want them to look. But we have never even painted our own bedroom. So 25 years, never painted our own bedroom. It's got a fresh coat of paint on it now. Just finished that. And it has dirty, ugly, well-worn 1990s kind of teal green carpet. And that's going to get replaced this weekend. And so my wife is super excited about that. After 25 years, we're finally actually doctoring up our bedroom. All right, let's jump into what Jesus says really is the number one key to being changed by the Bible. several weeks, we've been looking at Jesus's own relationship to God's Word and some of the ways then that ought to inform us as disciples about how we ought to relate to God's Word. And in this episode, I want to look at a well-known parable of Jesus and what it teaches us about God's Word and our relationship to God's Word. In fact, it actually warns us in some regards that just hearing God's Word can actually be dangerous and that we actually need to really pay attention to how we hear. The parable is found in Luke chapter 8, and it's the parable of the sower. And if you've been around the Bible much, around church much, I'm sure you've heard this parable. If you're new to Jesus and new to reading the Bible, maybe this is new to you. Jesus tells a parable. What a parable is, is a story that has some sort of spiritual significance to it. It's a story to make a point. And he tells a story that would have been super familiar to his original audience because in the first century world of Jesus' day, so many of the people in the audience were farmers or they grew up around farms. It was They were an agrarian society. So farming was the heart of the livelihood of the Galilee and Judea and just the people that Jesus taught. So this was super familiar to them. And so it's what he's going to say would have been obvious to them at the level of farming. But the spiritual point he's making from it wasn't so obvious. So let's walk down through this in detail and look at what he says. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4, Jesus says, When a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. Now, before we even look at the parable, that setup is quite important for what he actually is going to say in the parable and what the point of the parable is. Notice you've got a large crowd from various cities all gathering around Jesus. That's what leads to him to to speak this parable. So you've got this kind of mixed bag audience, okay? Verse 5, then he begins the parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. So here you have a farmer going out to plant his crop. Maybe it's barley, maybe it's wheat. Those were two of the most common crops in the ancient world, right? And so 
Maybe he's planting barley or wheat, and he goes out to sow his seed. And the way it worked in the ancient world was he would have his field, and then he would have a seed bag that he would throw over his shoulder. He would walk through his field, and he would just grab handfuls of seed, and he would throw out the seed as he walked. So that's the picture you have to have in mind. This farmer walking through his field, throwing out handfuls of seed as he plants his crop, whatever it is. And as Jesus tells the story, the sower, the farmer, throws out some of the seed and it falls beside the road. These would have been the little pathways between the various plots of land, right? And so he throws out some seed and and he's just kind of indiscriminate in how he's throwing it. And some goes too far and it lands on this packed down pathway alongside the field. And it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. And so, because that's where the people actually walked, that seed just was kind of broken and crushed on the hard pathway, didn't ever develop any root, didn't ever germinate. The birds came, ate that up before it had a chance to even grow. As he's planting, other seed, Jesus says, fell on the rocky soil, uh, perhaps along the edges of the they feel that where maybe the rocks have been piled up or the soil hasn't been broken up as much or there's just a lot of extra rocks in that area. It's like that's not the part we're really worried about anyhow. Well, some seed fell there and it sprang up because it had a, a small layer of dirt on top of it. So it sprang up. Uh, but as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Its roots didn't go down deep enough for it to actually uh, continue to grow. So when it got hot, it died. Other seed, Jesus says in verse 7, fell among the thorns, and as the thorns grew up, it choked it out. And so you're throwing out the seed, and along the edges of the field, you have some thistles and some thorns that, that grow up over the course of the growing season, and they just kind of choked out uh, the, the seed, the crop that the farmer was trying to plant. But, verse 8, other seed fell into the good soil, and it grew up. And it produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is calling that out repeatedly as he's telling the story. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, a couple things to notice before we, we continue on through the passage. To the prepositions. The sower goes out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, alongside the road. Uh, some seed fell on the rocky soil. Other seed fell among the thorns. But verse 8, the, the seed that went into the good soil went into the good soil. That's important. That into the good soil. It actually has to go down into the soil to germinate and produce a crop. So that's just really important, that into in verse 8. Don't just miss that. That's intentional on Jesus' part. Now, let's keep working our way through the passage. Verse 9, his disciples began questioning him. Notice this. Jesus tells this parable to the crowd, and at some point, his disciples, who had sort of an inside track, began asking Jesus, what does this parable mean? Right? Like, at a farming level, it's obvious. Oh, yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about. That happens all the time during planting season, Jesus. We get that. But we know you told the story to make a point. So what's the point? What does this parable mean? And Jesus began to explain to them uh, some things, not only about what the parable meant, but some things about why he's teaching this way. So look at verse 10. And he said to them, 
to you, that is to his disciples, those who are already gathered around Jesus and now are faithful followers of Jesus, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, to the others, it's in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, here's a really important thing we need to recognize is that seeing they may not see, hearing they may not understand is a quote from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. And in the original context in Isaiah, what God is telling Isaiah is, look, I'm sending you out to preach Isaiah, and you're going out to a people who are faithless, disloyal, hard-hearted, and they're just not going to listen. You have to understand that. That doesn't, that, that doesn't change your responsibility. You still go out and preach, but just recognize a good amount of these people just don't want to know the truth, and they just don't want to listen to me. They're, they're going to see you and not going to see you. They're going to hear you, but they're not really going to understand because they don't want to. That's the original context of this passage from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus takes that and basically applies it to this large crowd to the Jewish nation, to the Jewish people of his day. And what he's saying to them is, look, to you all who are disciples, who have gathered around me, who have said, all right, Jesus, we want to learn from you. We want to listen to you. We want to understand you. You guys, you, you're on the inside track. You get to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to the rest, it's in parables. And I'm not explaining the parable to them because they don't necessarily want to know. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. In other words, the parables have sort of a filtering effect. Do you really want to know? Do you really want to understand? Do you really want to see? If so, you're going to have to move from the outside to the inside. You're going to have to be somebody who says, all right, I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm going to chase this down. I want to understand. I really want to know. And so the parables have sort of this, uh, particularly this kind of parable, has sort of a two-sided nature to it. It provides insight to disciples who are on the inside and want to know, and they they understand some things, right? But to those who are on the outside and who are like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't really matter to me. Anyhow, to people like that, it just really confirms in them that they have a disinterested hard heart, and they don't really want to see and understand what God is doing in and through Jesus. That's why Jesus is teaching in parables. Now, with that, then, Jesus goes on to actually explain to his disciples what the parable means. They get to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And so, insiders, the disciples, are going to get the explanation. And here's the explanation of the parable in Luke 8, verse 11 and following. Jesus says, now, here's what the parable means. The seed represents the word of God. So, as the sower goes out, and he's scattering his seed. Jesus says that seed is the word of God. It's the message about God and what God is doing. And so the sower is throwing out the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard the word. Then the devil come and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. And so those along the road uh, where the seed is all packed, or where the soil is all packed down and hard, they have a hard heart. The seed can't penetrate their heart. It's like trying to plant seed on asphalt, right? You're casting your seed, it lands on the sidewalk or the asphalt. It's just not going to grow. And that's the way their heart is. So the devil comes uh, along and takes away the word from them. They don't believe it. They're not going to be saved. This, the 
Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. So their initial reaction is, oh, they're so excited. They're so happy. Oh, this is great. This is what I've been looking for. They receive it all happily and excited. They receive the word initially with joy, but the root never goes down deep. These have no firm root, Jesus says. It doesn't ever go very deep. It stays shallow. And they believe for a short time. And then in time of testing and difficulty and hardship and even temptation, the, the word in this translation says temptation, but it's just the general word for testing. So in a time of testing, whether that's an external test like suffering, trial, difficulty, or an internal test like temptation, um, it, whatever kind of test it is, in a time of testing, they just fall away. When life gets difficult, when life gets hard, when things don't make sense, boom, they just give up. And so they receive God's word initially with a joy and excitement, but they have no depth to them. They're shallow. And so when things gets hard, they just fade away. Uh, verse 14, the seed which fell among the thorns, well, these are the ones who have heard the word, right? They've heard and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and then the riches and the pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. So these people, they receive it, they hear it, but um, the word of God is, is kind of choked out by all the stuff of life, by all the other things in life. These people are distracted, right? Like they're worried about how they're going to pay the bills and how they're going to pay their mortgage. They're worried about their future and their retirement plan. They're worried about their job. They're worried about maybe even legitimately good things, right? They're worried about all sorts of things. Um, they're pursuing riches, right? They're living for pleasure and just enjoying life and recreation and having a good time. And they're just distracted by so many things. And as a result, they never actually grow to maturity. Now, the good heart, the good soil, verse 15, but the seed in the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word with an honest and good heart. Uh, a good and noble heart is the idea. Somebody, they, they, they've got like, they welcome this. Notice that. They receive it with a good and honest heart, and it, Jesus says, and hold it fast. They hold it fast. They, they hold on to it. They welcome it. They cling to it. They hold it fast. Well, they bear fruit with perseverance. They hang in there over the long haul, and they bear good fruit. So the parable of the sower, the farmer, with the places, these different places the seed falls, actually represents Four different kinds of hearts. Four different kinds of people with four different kinds of hearts. You have a hard heart, those beside the path, right? You have the shallow heart. Those are the people with the rocky soil. Their heart is shallow, never goes down deep. The distracted heart, who they're just here and there and focus on so many other things. And then the good heart, the one who welcomes it and receives it and holds on to it and bears fruit. Those four kinds of heart are the different kinds of people that we have. And, and what this reminds us of, what this really warns us of, is that the problem here isn't with the seed. It's the same seed all the way. It's the Word of God. It's, the problem's not with the seed. The problem's with the soil. 
And the soil represents the character or the heart of the person. And so uh, those of us who now are part of Jesus' mission, right, and we share God's word with people in whatever way we do that, some people are going to receive it. Some people aren't going to receive it. Some people are going to respond well to it and some not, right? And the problem isn't with the seed. Our job is just to broadcast it. The problem is with the heart. And uh, the the other bit of the teaching or instruction or warning for us is, well, what kind of heart do we have? What kind of heart do we have? Because all these people heard the word. They all received the seed. These aren't people who never hear. These are people who receive the seed. But some, some hearts are hard, some are shallow, some are distracted, and only some are good. And it really depends on the nature of the heart. The, the fruitfulness of the seed depends on the nature of the heart. Jesus continues and going on. They've actually put a subheading in a lot of translations, which is unfortunate because he actually goes on and he's still explaining to his disciples what's going on in the parable. And he says this in verse 16. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it up with a container or puts it under a bed. I mean, the whole point of lighting a lamp is to give light. You cover it up. That's going to extinguish it. You put it under a bed. It's going to hide the light and be a fire hazard. Because uh, there's, you know, their lamps were little uh, flame lamps, right? So it's going to be a fire hazard. So no one would do that. That's silly. That's, people don't do that, right? What does a person do when he lights a lamp? Puts it on the lampstand so that people can come in and see the light. I think Jesus' point is, look, I'm teaching in parables, but that's not because I don't want people to see. That's not because I don't want to give light. I want to give light. The word of God is intended to bring light. The problem is not with the word of God, right? He goes on and says, For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor is anything secret that will not become uh, known and come to light. Like the, the secrets, the mysteries. Jesus wants these things to be known. Jesus isn't trying to hide anything. Jesus is trying to shine the light. The problem isn't with the light. The problem isn't with the seed. The problem is with the person who hears. And that's where Jesus goes in verse 18. Jesus says, So take care how you hear. Some translations say, listen, but it's the same word for hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? Like, I want you to hear. I'm trying to get you to hear, but do your ears actually hear? Take care, pay attention, literally, to how you hear. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. Like, the, the, if you have wisdom, more wisdom is going to be given to you. If you have light, you'll actually get more light. This is a consistent biblical refrain, a consistent biblical teaching. If, you, if you've received insight and wisdom from God, guess what? You'll actually see and gain more wisdom and insight because the more you know, the more you're able to know. The more you see, the more you're able to see. This is just true in, in normal life. Like, right? like I open the hood of a car. And I recognize certain things. I recognize the battery. I can see the starter. I can see the alternator. And I know certain things about it. My son-in-law, who's a mechanic, he opens the hood of a car and he sees a whole lot more than I see. And he's able to actually take in more information about that motor and that car and the workings of that car than I can because he just knows more. The more you know, the more you're able to know, right? And that's essentially the same point here. Whoever has, to him more shall be given. But whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him, which is exactly what happened in the parable, right? The devil came and takes away the word from their heart, according to verse 12. 
Those in the rocky soil, those who hear the word, they receive it, but they have no firm root. And guess what? They fall away. They wither up and die, right? Like the seed which fell among the thorns, they get choked out. They don't go any further, right? That's what happens in the parable. And so just because we've heard the word doesn't necessarily mean we're going to go on to maturity. It has to do with how we hear. And so the point there in verse 18 of this explanation to the disciples and thus to us as his disciples is take care how you hear. Take care how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. How do you hear the word of God? How do you listen to the word of God? Are you listening with a good and noble heart? Are you listening with ears to hear? Are you paying attention to how you're, you're hearing the word of God? Are you taking it in and holding it fast, holding it tightly? That's how we become mature in Christ. That's how we're changed by the word, is to welcome it, receive it, and cling to it, hold it tightly to us. That's how we're changed by the word. We can hear the word of God. We can go to church every Sunday, and we can hear it with a hard heart or a shallow heart or a distracted heart and not be changed by it. So take care how you hear. Man, what a powerful, powerful instruction from Jesus. And so the goal really for us as disciples of Jesus is to hear God's word with a submissive heart, yielded heart, where we're letting it correct us. We're letting it uh, show us who we really are, where we're letting it uh, guide our thinking in our life, where we're arranged under the word of God, not over it, but under it, and letting the word of God shape our thinking, shape our seeing, shape our worldview, shape our willing. We're letting the Word of God challenge our beliefs and our approaches to things, and we're being shaped and changed by it. We need to hear God's Word with a willing and submissive heart. And one of the most important practices for that, then, is when we read the Scriptures, we do so with a view to our own life. When we read the Scriptures, we read with a pliable heart and with a view to our own life. God, what are you showing me here? God, how do I need to change? How do I need to put this into practice? Uh, as we pray through the text of Scripture, like I teach in my little mini course on my website, right? And if you're wanting to know how to really pray through the Scriptures and do so in a way to build your relationship with God and to do so with a submissive heart. I've got a free little mini course on my website, totally free. It's got a little workbooks, three videos. I'm actually going to be working on a, a second version of that, uploading that soon. But you can check that out. But when we read through the Scriptures and we pray through Scriptures, we do so asking for God to show us how we need to respond, how we need to live it out, how we need to change. Our heart is soft. Our heart is open, our heart is receptive, our heart is humble and submissive to God's word, and we take it into our life and we hold it fast. That's the key to being changed by God's word. And may that be so for you and for me. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Thanks for being a part of the Bible and Life family. Thanks to those of you who pray for this ministry. Thanks to those of you who donate generously and support this ministry. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. God bless you guys. Have a great week in Christ. I will talk to you again soon.